Please turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter. This morning, all over America, I hope and pray, this is a special Sunday. Now, I, I want, want you to know that I, I, I say this all the time. I, I am a Christian first. Amen. First. But as Southern Baptist we, churches, I mean, they, they, we have certain Sundays each month. And a lot of times I'm looking, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do the oak tree Sunday, okay? I'm not going to do the Easter egg Sunday. But this Sunday I try not to skip over. This morning is Sanctity of Life Sunday. It's the Right to Life Sunday. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, this morning it's, it's my purpose to shock you. I want you to be shocked. I want you to be aware. Because we need to, as Christians, not as Southern Baptists, we need to stand for the right of unborn children. Do you hear me? That, that, that's something that's a no-brainer. So this morning is Sanctity of Life Sunday. As, as we progress into next month, how many of y'all think that you're, you know, you'll probably watch the Super Bowl? We don't know who's playing yet. We know who's probably going to lose today. But we, how many of y'all think y'all probably watch the Super Bowl? A little bit of the Super Bowl, right? How many, you'll, you'll probably flip through and just look at just a little bit, maybe turn it because you're still not supporting the NFL because they're nuts. I mean, right? I want you to understand something. First shock. Y'all ready for the first shock? The Super Bowl this year is going to be held in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay? It's the State Farm Stadium, which is kind of surprising to me because it's, it's really kind of a smaller venue. That stadium will hold 63,400 people. Okay? 63,400 people. In 2020, the year 2020, there were 930,160 babies aborted in America. So as you're flipping through and you're watching the Super Bowl and you look at all those people who were in the stands of the Super Bowl, that stadium could have been filled 14 times with the children who were aborted. Let's go ahead and make it even more shocking. Stand. That stadium could have been filled 14 times with babies that were murdered in their mother's womb. 14. 14 times. You might, I mean, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I, I, have, have you ever just sat back and asked, Mary Beth, how in the world, how in the world is this happening in America, a place that was founded under Christian principles. How in the world can this be happening? Can I answer that question for you with Scripture? Look in your Bible at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse, we're going to start reading in verse 6. 
Now, the, word, the first sentence there in verse 6 is really kind of shocking to me because we have to realize who it is that's writing these words. Peter, Peter, the arrogant apostle, the, the, the one who, who told the Lord, listen, I'll never, I'll never turn my back on you. I'll never, I'll always be right by your side. But we know that the cock crowed three times and Jesus looked over across the, the, the courtyard at him because Peter himself had denied Christ three times. But listen to what Peter says in verse 6. The very first thing he says is this. He says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. Peter learned a great lesson in humility. And church, we as Christians today, we, we have got to learn this same lesson. We have got to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And then he goes on to tell why. He says, so that he may exalt you in due time. Not now, not now, but in due time. Casting all the care upon him because he cares about you. Then he gives you, it's not time to leave quite yet. We're, we're, not, we're just getting started. Then he gives us a warning. He says this, he says, be sober, be on alert. Your best friend, the devil. Is that what your Bible says? No, he says your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone, anyone. Put your name there. Why, Why is he looking for you? So he may devour. He says in verse 9, he says, resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are being experienced by your brothers in the world. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, we come to you asking forgiveness again of our sins. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me of mine. Lord, I pray that you would be with me and you'd help me to preach this, manner, this message in a manner that's glorifying to you, but eye-opening to us. Help us to see and to understand. We know there's all demographics of, of people who are in this, this auditorium this morning. We have people who've personally experienced what we're going to talk about. We have people who suffer every day from what we're going to talk about. And we have those young people who are in here in this service this morning who may face this, who might be facing it right now, God. Help us to see through your eyes this morning that we may be greater servants for you. Be with us now, Lord Jesus. In your name I do pray. And all God's children said, Amen. there's some things we need to understand about this scripture. And the very first thing is this, who should, as we look at Satan, who should he be to you? As we look at Satan, Peter's talking about him here, who should he be to you? Church, we need to understand that Satan is our enemy. He's our enemy. Enemy. Now, as I thought about this, I thought about, you know, during, I think it was during World War I, on Christmas Day, the, the Allies were on, right on the other side of the Germans, and, and the Germans were right on the other side of the Allies, and, and something happened. I, I don't know exactly what, I've, I've, I've read it several times, but something happened, and, and they all took a brief time where they got up and they, they fellowshiped with each other. Jim, I'm sure you've, you've, you've heard of it. That was during World War I, right? 
in, in the trench. Yeah, and they played soccer on, on Christmas Day, and they exchanged things that they had on them, gifts, and they showed pictures of their families. And, and at the appropriate time, something happened, and they all went back to their trenches, and they started shooting back at each other. Understand something. You don't need to play with Satan. You don't need to take a time out. You don't need to take a break. He is our adversary. He is very cunning. He wants to destroy you, and if you let him, listen, if you let him, if you let him, he will. That's why Peter says, listen, you need to be sober. You need to be vigilant. You need to be on the watch. He will come. He is going to come if, listen, especially if you're a Christian. His number one thing is to make you doubt your salvation, that you were ever saved, that you are safe from sin, from, from, from eternity in hell. He's our enemy, and we need to treat him as such. We do not play with our enemies, church. We fight against them. Every morning when we wake up, we need to wake up and listen. We need to praise God, sing hallelujah to the Lord, but we need to proclaim to our enemy, listen, I didn't wake up this morning to be your friend. I'm going to cause and I'm going to wreak as much havoc for you today as I possibly can. Every day, every single day. Church, Satan's number one objective is to seek who he may destroy. Destroy. He wants to totally destroy your life and will use any means necessary to do so. Every day. He does not like you. Have y'all seen the videos and, and the people who were... Uh, they're denouncing their Christianity and they're turning in their baptism and, and they're, they're, they're pronouncing their faith now in the satanic church. And you think, why, why doesn't anything bad happen to those people? Why would Satan want anything bad to happen to those people? Hey, listen, I, I, I've, I've debated Satanists and, and atheists many times in my life, and the, one of the last things I say to them is this, I, I hope and pray that you enjoy every minute that you have here on this earth. Live life to the fullest. Do everything that you want to do, because when you take your last breath, it's, it's, it's going to be on. Enjoy life to the fullest. Satan wants to destroy you, and he'll do and use any means necessary. Understand this. He will attack you mentally. He will attack you physically. He will attack you monetarily. And ultimately, he wants to attack you spiritually. And the strange thing, Bill, he doesn't have to use but a few methods. That, I mean, they're, they're all successful every single time. And we fall prey, prey to it. Even when there's scripture in our Bibles that tells us plainly that he is our enemy and to be sober and to be alert and to watch your adversary, the devil, he is, it doesn't say he's going to be, it says he is a prowling, he's prowling around roaming like a lion, roaring like a lion. That's present tense, he is. If he can destroy you, understand something. If he can destroy you, if he is allowed to destroy you, you are useless to the Lord. You were created, every single person who's ever been created was created with the same purpose in mind. We are to be a walking, talking billboard for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus saved you from the top of your head to the tips of your shoes to live for him.
But if he can destroy you, if Satan can destroy you, he can make you utterly useless for the very purpose that you were created for by a holy and a righteous God. Today, we're going to talk about just one way that Satan tries to destroy each and every one of us. Since 1973, Roe versus Wade, since the Roe versus Wade verdict to legalize abortion, we are at, if we have not already reached, 65 million babies being aborted in America. 65 million. Let's, let's make that, you know, let's, let's help us to understand that. As you're watching the Super Bowl, the stadium in Arizona could have been filled 1,075 times. with the babies that have been murdered. That's shocking, isn't it? 1,075 times. These babies have been taken from their mother's womb. In America alone, there are 1.5 million success, successful abortions a year. 4,000 babies die each day. One baby every 20 Seconds. Count to 20, gone. Count to 20, gone. And yet we as Christians, we sit in silence. We sit in silence. We don't do anything. Well, I'm against it. I don't like it. Do something. Well, Brother Kyle, I, I vote the right way. You've got to do something else. You, you know what I hear more than anything else? And this, this is from Christian people who work in social services. Christians, are, they oppose it and, and they're, they're against it, but they don't do anything to, to help support the women who, are, who, who have a, a baby and they're in need. I praise God this church isn't that way. Amen? How can abortion, you think, how can abortion destroy you? How, how can it destroy you? Number one, Mentally. It can absolutely destroy you mentally. Satan, church, understand this is what Satan does. Satan makes abortion seem so easy. And it is easy. $250, $300 and you can take care of the problem. You escape. It's an escape route from personal shame. Because that's what a person's doing. They, they realize, okay, listen, I've made a mistake. Yeah, you have made a mistake. Listen to me. Listen to me. You have made a mistake. You, you did. You, you, you might have made a mistake. You might have had sex out of wedlock, and that's a mistake. And understand something. Young people, I want you to understand something. I'm, 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 this is shocking this morning. You don't even have to have full-on intercourse to get pregnant. You don't. Two objects need to touch one another. That's all, that's all it takes. Uh, understand this. Uh, understand what's taking place when a baby comes into or, or, or God starts something. You made a mistake, but God did not make a mistake. When a baby is conceived in a mother's womb, God created that life and he didn't make a mistake. You may have, but he didn't. Y'all understand that premise, right? Because you can't have a baby without God. You can have a, 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 
a seed and you can have an egg. But when the two come together, there's still a seed and an egg. But when that heart starts beating, it can't start beating unless God starts that heart. God does not make mistakes. We do. Satan makes it easy. Too easy. You made a mistake, and listen, for $250 in 30 minutes, listen, we, we can take care of that mistake. It's easy. Nobody, no, listen, nobody has to know. The only problem, church, is somebody already knows. Somebody already knows. Understand, church, the mental destruction may start to take place immediately, or it may take years down the road when you realize exactly what you've done. It might not be immediate, Carrie, Brother Carrie, but somewhere down the road, you realize what you've done. Now, remember, I told y'all we're going, this is going to be a shocking message, right? I, I want you to get this. I want you to understand. Please understand. You ready? You ready for another piece of shocking information? Here we go. In my pocket. Do you see these? These are the average size babies that are removed from their mother's womb. Between 10 and 12 weeks old they are. Their hearts start, have already started beating. You'll hear political analysts say, well, it's just a clump of cells until a certain time. This is 10 to 12 weeks old. Does that look like a clump of cells to you? Anybody? Do you want to hear something that's even sadder? Just, just the mere thought of abortion alone, a child not being able to, to have a chance in this world. Both, both are, are horrible. Both don't make sense. As you lay these babies side by side, God loves them both the same. He does. But do you want to hear something that's absolutely just mind-blowing in the state of New York? Y'all ready for this? In the state of New York, there are more black children aborted from the mother's womb than there are born in the state last year alone. Shocking? Shocking? Listen, that's why the abortion clinics were created. That's why they were created. Have you ever wondered why they're put in certain locations and cities all over? Listen, they were created. The woman who created them, tell me her name. The lady who created the uh, Planned Parenthood. Sanger, yeah, Sanger. she created them with one purpose in mind, to, extend, to, 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 to get, exterminate as many black people as she possibly could. Study. Look, it's right, it's on the internet. Google it. And we as Christians too often are silent. We're silent. One of our greatest sins when we stand before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is going to be our silence. Our silence and not standing up, not doing something. Brother Kyle, why, why are you so passionate about this? Because I'm tired of counseling people 
who have thought this is the easy way out. Years down the road and, and, and sitting in my office, and, and I'm not tired of counseling them because they need counseling. I'm tired of counseling them because they thought that that was the right thing to do because the world has told them it's the right thing to do. Have y'all ever sat down and listened to a grown man? See, we, we often look at the, the, the women, women's perspective. Have you ever sat down with a grown man who's realized what he did and what he allowed to take place? and see him cry and says, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about what I did. He said, I should have run in there and said, stop, no, don't do it, don't do it. But I sat in the waiting room and let it happen. Satan will try and destroy you, and the first way he'll do it is, is mentally. Church, understand abortions can destroy you another way as well. They can destroy you physically. If Satan takes abortion as easy as he possibly can to accomplish, soon after you have committed this act of atrocity, this, the, the same man, the same demon that whispered in your ear, listen, it's the easy thing to do, nobody will know. Listen, it, 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 you need to get away from this shame. Just, just listen. Soon after you do this, the same voice will come into your ear, and this is what he'll say. He'll say, look what you've done. Look what you've done. Can you believe what you've done? Look at what you've done. Uh, understand, listen, women... Women are 248% more likely to commit suicide the first year after having an abortion. Why is that, Brother Kyle? Because their enemy, their adversary has whispered in their ear, look what you've done. He makes it sound easy at first, and then what you've done, what you've done. He's like, look, look, look what you've done. You killed your own child. The potential for future medical problems as well as the possibility of not being able to have children is very well, it's very well documented as well physically. What could have been the factor? Understand, God does not send something for, an, for, for no reason. It's not a mistake. Years ago, I, I, when I was preparing one of these messages, I, I, I came across something that was very shocking to me, and y'all may have heard it, and I may have said this in the service sometime before in similar services. This woman found out she had cervical, cervical cancer, and her mother, a devout Christian, fell on her face and just prayed and prayed and prayed. And, and she went to the preacher and says, why in the world, why in the world doesn't God send somebody to this earth to cure all cancer? It's a, it's a horrible thing. And the preacher says, he may have. And the mother aborted him. God doesn't make mistakes, church. But abortion can do something else. Abortion can kill you spiritually. That's, that's what Satan wants to do, right? He wants to kill you. He, it can kill you mentally, physically. 
<coughs> but also spiritually. Satan wants you to believe that God will never accept you for what you have done. That, that's the mind game that Satan says. He, he wants to keep you isolated. Listen, God will never accept you. You are a murderer. Listen to me, church. So was King David, the man who was after God's own heart. He premeditatedly killed Uriah. Sent him to the front lines to be slaughtered. Did God forgive him? Don't listen. If you have bought into Satan lies so far, don't buy into the last lie that God won't forgive you. Yes, he will. Satan will say, how can God forgive you? Because he's God. I don't have the power to forgive you, but God does. God loves you unconditionally. And as long as you have breath and, and fear in your heart, God will come, he will come to you and remind you of his love to you. All you have to do is, is repent and ask God to forgive you. Girls, listen to me. Listen to me, girls. Don't let some boy put you in this situation. Do not let some boy put you in this situation. And boys, don't you dare, listen, don't you dare ever put some girl in this situation. Listen, the best way to live is to live in abstinence until you say, I do. My Aunt Joy, the matriarch of our family, last night we were sitting talking, and she said this very thing last night. She said, if I had to live and do things all over again, she said, I, I, would, I don't even know if I would have kissed my husband until we got married. She, and this is what she said. She said, kissing lights the passion in your heart for everything else. There's good news in this church. The good news is that if you have suffered through an abortion, God loves you and he will forgive you. But the very first thing you've got to do is forgive yourself. And that's hard. L listen to Luke chapter 5 verse 4. It says, what man of you have a hundred sheep, not goat. Did he, did he say goat there? Pat, did he say goat? No, he said, what man among you having a hundred sheep, if one lose, loses one of them, does he not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he is found, he lays it up on, the, on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice for, with me, for, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I, I say to you like, like, likewise, there, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. This morning, I want to ask you, in closing, during this time of invitation, I want to ask you if you'll come and pray for America. Number two, will you pray for those who are, strong, who are struggling with what, we're, what they've done in times past? Thirdly, will you come and pray for those who may be struggling with what they've done right now?
I'm, I'm sure there's somebody in the city of Savannah. There might be somebody in the farms right now that's pregnant and they don't know what to do. This, this church needs to be a lighthouse. It needs to be a banyan for, of, of hope that, that we can give to people who are struggling with this. Will you come and pray for that one who can't forgive themselves and is seeking God's forgiveness? What can we do as Christians? The very first thing we can do is pray. Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Our Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, we ask you to forgive us of our sins because we need forgiveness. Lord, be with us during this time of invitation and help us to seek your face. Lord, help us to, to reach out to these women, these, these, these men. Help us, Lord, to be the light that you've created us to be. In Jesus' name we do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come?